Remember, I want to go all the way back. I'm going to finish up this little series on pur- purpose to pursue the Lord today. Because it is something you have to purpose to do in your heart and in your life. It doesn't just happen. I don't know anybody that just rolls out of bed, holy now and all cleaned up and ready to go. I have to decide every day I am going to follow Christ. Any day that I decide I won't or don't want to is not a good day. I have to purpose to do this. You have to purpose. You have to purpose to be a Christian wherever you're at. You have to purpose to do that. Does not happen by accident. You have to purpose to be a Christian to that old crud that you work with that nobody likes because they're all crusty and mean and nasty. I know none of you probably work with anybody like that. You have to purpose to be kind. You have to purpose to turn the other cheek. You have to purpose to do that. Because my instinct, my flesh, you know, again, I know this isn't biblical, but the Bible says turn the other cheek. Well, I'm going to turn it. If you slap that one, we're going. That's not biblical. I've got to to get a hold of that, you know. We've got a purpose to do some things. And so, remember I talked about what purpose was in pursuing what that meant. And listen, if you're chasing the Lord, you will catch him. Just saying. You're going to catch him, but you've got a purpose to do it. Then we, we talked about, again, we used Moses. And we Moses, again, he saw the burning bush, and he purposed to turn aside to go see what was happening. Now, here's the difference between us and Moses, okay? Moses went to the burning bush. God spoke to him and said, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. You're in the presence of God. Here's the thing. We don't have to go seek the presence of God. Where is the presence of God, folks? Oh, buddy. Yeah. So when you say, well, I just can't get in the presence of God. I'm sorry. wrong But you know what? Here's the thing. It's almost like, it's like when you're worshiping, you almost have to, it's almost like it's not happening to you, it's happening in you, and you're letting it out. And we need to purpose to pursue the Lord and, and what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to him. And so today we talked about Moses, and I'm going to use Moses some more. And Moses, when you're, when you're in the presence of God, and again, we talked about being in the presence of God by, by how? Well, by prayer, by worship, by praise, by the word of God, all these things, okay? Now, here's the big one. You can have all of that, and Moses purposed to obey. This is a big key, obedience. We have got to start obeying God. You know, so many times we think being obedient to God is some great big thing that I've got to do. Or to be obedient, I've got to do this great big thing. Obedience could just be, you know what, today I'm going to obey you, Lord, and I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better mother. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to get up and I'm not not going to yell at somebody at work today. Maybe that's just being obedient. You know, so many times we think obeying God is some great call that we have. Guess what? Every one of us has a call. You know what the first call is? To be a lover of Christ. That's number one. And so I want to talk a little bit about today. Once you get your assignment or God gives you something to do, and that can happen every day often, here's what the Lord said to Moses. I am now in Exodus Chapter 3, verse 8. 
I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Perizzites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jezebites and all the ites. They're all there. All the ites are there. And I'm going to give them this place. Now, here's the thing. We hear from God and we say, Woo! I've got all this power. I've got all this might. I'm, I'm in the presence of God. God's this power of God that's in me. Same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, by the way. I've got all this power in me. Woo! I'm going to do great things. And then he says, hey, I want you to go to Egypt. Now, Egypt was the, the big guns on the whole planet at that time. And I want you to tell the Pharaoh, you're going to let my people go. And you're thinking, well, wait a second. Wait, 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 what, God? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, reality sets in. Obedience is not always going to be easy. Most of the time, being obedient is something you can't do and it's overwhelming most of the time. Now, not always. However, it can be very overwhelming when you're at the restaurant and you look over there and there's somebody you know, you don't like them, but you know them. And the Lord says, hey, I want you to buy their dinner. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 Lord. Do you know what they've said about me? Do you know what they've done to me? Yep, I know, but this is what I want you to do. So out of obedience, you say, okay, I'll do that. Well, listen, you're going to have to be stand strong because the enemy's going to come immediately because you're going to get the check and you're going to say, man, they eat a lot. And you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to take it out of your pocket. You're going to have to pay it. Maybe your hand's trembling, I don't know. But see, we've got to learn to obey. And there's a couple of things about obedience I want to talk about today. Obedience is going to take a word that you don't want to hear, but you're going to hear it, sacrifice. It's going to take sacrifice to be obedient. Every person in here is sacrificed to obey Christ. Every one of you can, I, can, I know, and this isn't a prophetic word, every one of you have lost friends because you're following Christ. Every one of you have sacrificed to be a Christian. Being obedient is no different. Not only are you going to have to sacrifice, in the middle of your sacrifice, you're going to have to use another word that I just don't like. It's called patience. Patience. Do you know, there's some people that are very patient, and I'm just in awe of them because I have to, I, you know, I have to struggle to be patient. So now it says in verse 10 of Exodus 3, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, what is patience? Now, with the assignment of obedience comes sacrifice. Patience is allowing God, now listen to this, allowing God to work things out in his time and on his schedule. Now, I trust the word completely. And I believe that when we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That is what I believe with all my heart. Sometimes I have to be patient and wait for things to manifest. Now, in this patience time, in this waiting time, we are going to have to sacrifice. And I'll talk about the sacrifice in a minute and I'll come back to patience. But in this patience time, it is not a time that you do nothing. All right? I'm going to use Georgia as an example. Powerful woman of God right here. Faith-filled prayer warrior. I thank God for her 
Because I don't know how many things that she has spared me from because of her prayers. I'm a full-time job. (laughs) But you know what? She got diagnosed with cancer, and she stood on God's word, and she believed God, and she beat this thing. But in in the patience time, when she was being patient, she wasn't doing nothing. We still have to do all that we know to do in Christ in the meantime. And don't, so you got to stand in faith during patience, this patience time, and you got to continue to confess the truth about your life. So, he went down, what he told, this is what he told Moses. I'll stretch my hand and strike Egypt, I'm in verse 20 now, with all my wonders which I will do in its midst. And after that he will let you go. And I will give the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So shall it be when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. Woo! So, Moses, you're going to go down there. You're going to tell the Pharaoh, let my people go. He's going to let them go, and you're not going to leave empty-handed. You're going to take all the spoils of Egypt with you. I'm thinking, woo, yeah, we get all the enemy's goods. We get all the money. Now, that's all well and good, and we're all pumped up. Yeah, I'm going to obey God. Yeah, I love this stuff. I'm going to get all this stuff. Woo! Let me tell you the rest of the story. All right. And so, obedience is not always comfortable, and it's not always easy. All right? In Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1, now look what it says. After Moses and Aaron went and told Pharaoh, thus says the Lord of God Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, who's this God? Who's this Lord that I should obey? His voice and let Israel go. I do not know, Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Now, if you read on the sacrifice that I'm talking about, Moses obeyed the Lord. He was obedient. He did exactly what the Lord told him to do. And the Pharaoh said, not only am I not going to let the people go, guess what, hot shot? These people are going to make the same amount of brick, and I'm not going to give them any straw. So they got to go get their own straw, mix it to the brick, mix their own brick, make their own bricks, and they better not miss one bit of quota. Now, I've got to tell you, listen, Moses was obeying God. He was not a popular dude in Israel that day. You come down here, God's going to let you go. And all of a sudden, we're working harder. Sacrifice. And so... You're going to have to to be obedient to Christ. It will take sacrifice. Understand that. See, so many people think, well, I got born again and and everything's good and I'm just going to be able to sit here and just chill out and that's going to be it. No, that's not the way it works. Not if you're going to obey Christ. Obeying Christ is a blessing. You know, here's here's the blessing that I get. When I obey Christ and I do something, and I see the fruit of that, that brings me so much joy. I love Christmas time, and I, it's not a big commercial thing. I love giving presents. I love it, love it, love it. If I had a gazillion dollars, I would just come to your house. Every one of you, I'd just come to your house and say, here's a new car, and by the way, your house paid for. College debt, gone. I need a gazillion dollars, don't I? So be praying for me to get a gazillion dollars so your house can get paid for. You know, the thing of it is, I believe I'm a good steward. God, test me. You know why I love giving gifts? Because I love, I get joy. 
out of seeing the joy that it brings to other people. And I understand sowing and reaping. Do you know, you buy that old crusty toad dinner, you have spiritually, you have sown into their lives. So guess what spiritually you get to do? You have a spiritual right to reap a harvest from that sowing. So what do you pray for? I'm sowing into you. I'm praying for your soul to be saved. So you sow, yeah. You know, that's easy to do. So obedience isn't always comfortable. It's not always easy. So then, Pharaoh, do you know that Moses went to Pharaoh ten times? Ten times. Ten times. The only people that I know that do anything ten times and don't give up are little kids. Can I have it? 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 No. Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? They don't understand no sometimes. No means no. Can I have it? Because to kids, no means maybe. Because they'll wear you down. That's about how Pharaoh had to feel about Moses. You've been to me ten times. The only thing is, is here's the thing. With obedience, when you obey God, it is not up to you to make sure things produce. It is up to Him, and He will if you're obedient to Him. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the authority. He'll give you the power, and it's up to Him for the outcome. Scout Hester has done a whole lot of things in his own power, and Scout Hester has gotten into a mess and said, God, how did I get here? He said, on your own. Okay, can you fix it? One more time. Thank God for, thank you, Jesus, for your grace and mercy. You know? Just like the kid getting caught in the cookie jar, you know? Nope, I didn't eat anything, but you got a chocolate ring around your mouth. And God will get you, he'll, he will supply what you need to get you where you need to be to help you be obedient and see the outcome that he wants to have. We have to be obedient in it. And so there's a sacrifice. And then it takes patience. I want to go to Colossians chapter 1. And it says, That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being faithful in every good work, and increasing in knowledge of God. In 11, verse 11, Colossians 1 and 11, Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Now, we're thinking, woo! Now, let me read this and hear this, because I didn't like it when I read it. Because this whole patience thing is a struggle sometimes for me. I've gotten a lot, lot better, and God is doing some things. But you know what? I'm going to read you another scripture. You have to allow patience in your life. Again, do you know that it's one of the fruits of the Spirit? Long-suffering? It's there. That means it's already in there. That means going around looking for it, oh, it's in here. You've got to allow it to manifest in your life. And the minute you say, you know what, God? I am going to be more patient because it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Oh, guess what's going to happen? Oh, the minute you say, something's going to come and test your patience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the car's going to break down, you know. Something's going to happen. All right, strengthen. Now listen to this. With all, we're strengthened with all might. Oh, I like that. 
according to his glorious power. Oh, I like that. Now, what are we strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for? All patience. Yeah. Ha ha. Got mighty quiet in this, in, this, in this Pentecostal charismatic church. All patience and long suffering. Oh, with joy. So he's saying, I've strengthened you with all might according to my glorious power so that you can have patience, long suffer, and do it with joy. Woohoo! I see you're enthusiastic about that as I am. Uh huh. Listen, if you're going to obey God, there's going to be some patience and long suffering, but you know, in the middle of it, you can still have joy. You know, so many people are looking for joy out, out here, and it comes from in here again. It's part of the Holy Spirit. And I know that the Holy Spirit is perfect. So, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saint, saints in the light. Sacrifice. We've got to be prepared to obey and have sacrifice and sacrifice and be patient. Now, Moses sacrificed his entire life to fulfill the purpose God had for him. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 3, we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. See, Pharaoh didn't let the people go. It took great patience. And I'm, I'm going to get to in James chapter 1 and verse 3 and 4, knowing that the testing of your faith Produces patience. Oh, yummy. Isn't that great? So, you know, the enemy's going to come against your faith, and you're going to have to have patience with that professor that's out of his mind. You know, we've all had them. We've all got that one. Yeah, we're going to get tested. The enemy's going to come. He's going to try us. And it says this. It says in verse 4, but let, allow. This is where we've got to allow it. We've got to allow patience to have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but let me tell you something, peace. One thing, I've, I've, I've watched people that are patient, and there's something I've noticed about people that, that are long sufferers and are very patient. They keep their mouth shut when I wouldn't. Because when you get impatient, things start rolling. But all of a sudden, patience, you're quiet. And again, it's going to take, when you're being obedient to Christ, it's going to take some patience because here's our attitude. Lord, I obeyed you. This is what you wanted me to do. And this is what I expect should happen. And this is when I should expect it to happen. Instead of us just saying, Lord, I will obey you. That's it ends right there. Then our expectation is on him. Do you know how many times that I or you, you put expect, an expectation on something and it falls short and then you're disappointed? My only expectation for me anymore is to obey Christ and the rest I'm leaving up to him. Do you know how much better you'll sleep at night if you leave it up to him? Man alive! If I got to fix it, I got to wrestle with it. If he's got to fix it, 
He gets to wrestle with it. I get to go to bed. It's a great deal. He'll never disappoint you. People are going to disappoint you. Listen, as your pastor, I love you. Never in my wildest dreams do I ever want to disappoint or let any of you down. But I know that I will. Because I'm a human being. It's not my plan. So when you get offended with me or upset with me, I want you to understand that I didn't get out of bed this morning thinking about doing that to you. Just so you know. It wasn't something that I thought about. Say, so you know what, today I'm going to do that because I know it's going to bother them. So let's talk about patience. Let's talk about Noah for a minute. Noah, God says to Noah, build a boat. Now, I want you to understand what a crazy request that was. That was an insane request at that time. You're thinking, well, why? Because the earth was not, it was not watered by rain. There was no rain. It was, the earth was watered by dew that came up from the ground. So I'm building a boat for what? Think about your neighbors. There's never sudden, we've never seen rain, don't know what rain is, and all of a sudden you're building a boat? What are you building a boat for? Because it's going to rain. Ah! Hey, no one's family. 120 years! I mean, can you imagine every day putting on the pine tar, whatever they use to seal it up, and looking outside? Not a cloud in the sky. Hey, Noah, where's your rain, bub? Every day, checking outside. Not a rain cloud, not a rain cloud. I can't obey Christ for 120 seconds. 120 years, he was faithful to that. And one day, but what happened? Saved his entire family because he was obedient. Husbands, fathers, men, obey God and save your family. Paul. Talk about Paul, powerful Paul, apostle of God. I mean, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If you study it, when Paul got knocked off his horse, the scales fell off his eyes, and or when he got knocked off his horse and he was is healed from his blindness, 15 years he went to the desert. 15 years he trained. 15 years he was set apart. God, just him and the Lord. Then he comes back in the picture, and this is what he is. Had to be now. Listen, this was a trained. This dude was trained. He was the best of the best of the Pharisees. Trained already. Now I want you to think about Jesus Himself. Jesus was on this planet for thirty years. Thirty years of training for a three-year ministry. Think about that for a minute. Do you think he had to be patient? I'm God. Now, I don't know. Me, as a, as a rebellious 12 or 13-year-old, knowing I was God, whoo, it could have been bad. You don't like me? Smite button. Yeah, you looked at me cross-eyed. Yeah, there you go. Anybody else? Got something to say? That's why I'm not God. That's exactly right. See, we have to allow God. And I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 4. Now listen to this. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, 
tribulations, needs, distresses. Oh, it's just getting better. In stripes. Now stripes were being, being beat. In imprisonments. In tumults or in fights. In labors. In sleeplessness. And then the worst one of all, in fastings. In all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God. So to be obedient to Christ, the enemy don't think that just because you're just, okay, I'm going to obey Christ, the enemy's just going to say, hey, great. Because, you know, have you ever had one of those mornings where you get up and you got the praise music going and you've, you've, done, your, you know, you've done your little reading and, man, you're just, just in, I'm just in the Lord right now, and man, things are good. And Whoa, what a great day it's going to be. This is a way to start my day. And then you step out the door. Bam! You get a phone call or a letter, or somebody says something, or somebody looks at you cross-eyed at work, or somebody's lied about you at work, and I know that's never happened to anybody here, um, or something like that happens. The enemy is going to come immediately and try to still kill and destroy whatever you have. He's after that. Obedience to Christ is going to take sacrifice. It's going to take patience. The enemy is going to come. But I know the bottom line is we win if you don't quit. You just don't quit. And you keep building yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Spirit. Read the Word. Do these things. Now, why did I even get into this whole series about purposing to pursue the Lord. I believe with all my heart that this year is a year of us preparing to be responsible for our own salvation and our own walk with Christ. Because I'm going to tell you what, when you stand before the Lord, it's just going to be you. We have got to, because as a nation, as a nation, this is a very humanistic thing that's happening in our nation. It's, 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 it's not of Christ. It's my lot in life is your responsibility. My bad things that are happening bad in my life, it's your fault. It's not because I made dumb decisions. Where I'm at in life, it's because somebody did me wrong. It's your fault. No, we need to take personal responsibility for our lives in Christ. It's called a personal relationship. And, and listen, the reason, listen, you don't come to church to get a personal relationship with Christ. You have a personal relationship with Christ, and that's why you come to church, to gather together, to celebrate Christ, to rejoice with one another, to encourage one another so that you can realize I can go and face the rest of this nasty week because I've got brothers and sisters in the Lord that are with me. We're standing together. They're praying for me. We're, we're one within in another and we're going out there and we can face this day because we come together. But ultimately, you are responsible for your relationship with Christ. My job is to teach you, to guide you, try to direct you, to encourage you. Maybe through the message there comes correction, but in, encourage you. This is what the Word of God says, and this is what we can do. We can do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. 
Guess who's got to do the doing? God told Moses, this is what you have to do. God was with him, but Moses had to go do it. He had to do it. He had to be obedient. Because one thing I know, God's way and his will is going to get done. You can be a part of it or not. If, you don't, if you're not obedient to him, he'll find somebody that will. Because, and, and I'm going to say this, and this is not, and hear my heart really closely on this. This is an example. I'm not shading anybody else. I'm not trying to insult or offend anybody else. I was not the first choice to pastor here. I was not. And I'm not saying somebody failed with disobedient, this, that, and the other. I'm saying God is going to have his purpose taken care of. And if you don't want to do it, he'll find somebody that will. And all you need is a willing heart. He is not looking for ability. He is looking for availability and obedience, period. And then you watch and see what God will do with an obedient person. You know, things get done when you obey God. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass these two, but I'm going to say it anyway. They, you know, God's put some things in their hearts, and they've been doing some things around this, this building that, you know, in the back room stuff, nothing gets seen, but because of their obedience, things are getting done in the house of the Lord that would not and have not been done for years and years and years. Yeah, exactly, hallelujah. So, for you guys, being obedient might be, you know what, I'm going to study for that test even though I don't want to. <laughs> Do it better than I did. I was a good test taker. You know, I just kind of, because I, I was pretty good at learning people, so I learned my professors, so I didn't do a whole lot of studying. I was just a good test taker. So my study habits weren't the best. Now my wife, study, 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 study. You know, she was an honor student. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> but be obedient. Now, and I'm going to close with this, and then I'm going to bring the kids up. Go ahead and grab the kids. Because I'm going to have them pray for anybody that needs anything. You're, you've got an ailment, you've got a sickness, a disease, whatever. She's going to share a couple of scriptures first. We're going to let the kids pray. Being obedient, again, I want you to understand. So many people think that well, I'm going to get this thing from God, and it's, it's a ministry call. It's a five-fold ministry. It's a pulpit ministry. It's a this ministry. It's a head of this. It's a head of that. Being obedient is just doing what the Lord asks you to do every single day. Zach, or being obedient to Christ for you may be just, you know what? Today, I'm getting up and going to work because obedience for me is supporting my family. Wow, what a concept today. Yes, I'm going to... Be obedient to Christ as the head of my home, as the priest of my home, and I'm going to pray blessings over my family. That's being obedient. It doesn't have to be some great five-fold ministry call that you're up front and being seen because if you're not called to that, you don't want any part of that anyway. Can you obey Christ? <laughs>
But to obey him, you've got to hear from him. To hear from him, you've got to be in the word. You've got to be in prayer. You've got to be. And I know that if you obey Christ, one thing you always know, you're being obedient because it will line up with the word of God. Obedience is not payback. So, and you'll reap. All right, come on and share what you got. And these, these guys are going to pray. And, and again, I'm going to have them pray for me because my training, I've got a little bit of a sore back, and so I'm going to not have a sore back when they're done praying. So go ahead and lay it on us.